Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a new partner, Arostia, a new coffee roaster based in Queens. This company was created by and is run by a huge fish fan, Andy Hollander, who hasn't caught a hold your head up since 12, 15, 95, but is definitely not bitter about it. I've had this coffee and it's really great. Andy started roasting coffee during the pandemic, taught himself, and then that turned into this label, Arostia, which launched late last year. I had a bag of the Ethiopian coffee and it was gone really quickly because I liked it so much and I drank a lot of it and I need more. The beans were grown at an altitude of 2,100 meters above sea level, which contributes to a dense bean that continues to develop its flavors after the roasting process is done. The tasting notes include apple, raisin, and caramel, and there are more coffees coming very soon. So support this fan-owned business and try the coffee today. And for Osiris listeners, there's a 10% discount code on the site. Use the code OSIRIS at checkout for 10% off your order, and stay tuned for the launch of a coffee subscription. You can order and sign up for the mailing list at arostia.com. That's A-R-O-A-S-T-I-A.com. And you can find Arostia on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, Arostia. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. You may already know that SiriusXM brings you the deepest variety of commercial-free music for every genre and every mood. Where you hear the biggest names in talk, entertainment, and comedy, and hundreds of hand-curated music channels designed to fit every mood. Where you get news from every source. Where you can listen to the newly launched Fish Radio, in addition to Jam On, Grateful Dead Radio, Pearl Jam Radio, Tom Petty Radio, and many more. 
where you can listen to top comedy channels such as Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud Radio and Netflix's A Joke Radio and Sports Talk Radio from Barstool to ESPN and more to keep you up to date on the latest news in the sports world. Most people think you need a car to enjoy Sirius XM, but you don't. Subscribe now to listen outside the car on your phone, online and at home, and get your first three months for just a dollar. And if you're a Fish fan, which you probably are, you can get tour updates and shows being played, which are a good complement to our quick hits. Visit SiriusXM.com slash HFPod to see offer details and to subscribe and start listening today. SiriusXM, no car required. friends it's the helping friendly podcast quick hit for uh the second night of fenway which was july 6 2019 this is brad i'm here with our um internet and real life friend josh how are you man hey brad how you doing thanks for uh, i'm doing well thanks and thanks for coming on for the quick hit Uh, you um are on your way home from uh, after attending both nights of fenway right yeah i uh, caught both shows awesome and um, we're here to only talk about last night, but you can you can tell us about Friday as well if you'd like. But um, so, uh, how was uh, just give us really the first question is just give us the general breakdown of of the scene and the and the uh, venue. Uh, well, the scene was a thunderstorm. Um, <laughs> I guess a couple a couple hours before showtime. Um, the big thunderstorms kind of rolled into Boston. So started getting word about an hour or two, I think, before uh, gates that they were going to be opening gates up early. I think they originally wanted to get the first set in early um, as opposed to delay the entire thing. They thought maybe they could get a set in before the first band of thunderstorms rolled through. That did not turn out to be the case. So, um, yeah. I actually made it in around probably around six o'clock. Um, yeah, yeah, that's early. It was it was just dumping. It was just dumping rain. But um, so you're just in the in the stadium uh, yeah, or just, in the park hanging out. Yeah, I mean, I've I'm from the Boston area. I've been to Fenway probably hundreds of times, so I knew I wanted to just get in and not hang out under the concourse, but just find a place in the grandstand. So at least I wasn't kind of smushed in with everybody underneath the stands. Nice. And uh, just found found a comfortable spot to hang out for a couple hours as we waited for the uh, storm to clear. Yeah, and then they came on. I, I mean, they started like closer to eight thirty ish. Is that is that right? Yeah, I want to say they started around eight thirty. Like the communication from the band wasn't awesome during the delay. I think they tweeted out a couple times. Um, at some point word got around that they were just going to be playing a single set. Um, and I want to say it was probably around eight o'clock, about a half an hour before the, uh, set actually started that they finally let people onto the field and back into kind of the lower bowl section of the stands. Uh, and yeah, right around eight thirty is when the set started. 
So um, I know Friday night I saw from your tweets that you were like on the field, which is the outfield, I guess. Um, same spot for you at second night or what? Uh, no, the first night I was actually down. I Like the first set, the first night I was down like hard uh, uh, Mike's side. Um, and then for the second set, I kind of moved up and I was kind of dead center in that front section. Last night I was in section C7. I was basically like standing where the third baseman would play okay. um, in the in the infield dirt. So about as far back as you can get on the field while still having a field seat. Um, but perfectly fine vantage point. Not not quite as loud as being down front, but yeah. sounded really good. I really didn't have any complaints about the uh, sound quality across both shows which uh, I know was kind of an issue the first time they played Fenway 10 years ago. Yeah, this is the third time they played, so um, it, it looked like they had added some speakers um, from 10 years ago or so. It was May of of '09, um, and yep. uh, they probably learned from playing Wrigley too, right, and some other places like that that aren't necessarily concert yeah, venues. They had, yeah, they had like this whole second bank of speakers um Actually, I was standing last night directly under um, one of the speakers, that kind of that second bank of speakers that, that were kind of right around the infield and angled out into the stands. Yeah. So I, I would assume, again, I, wasn't, I didn't sit in the stands for either of the shows, but I would assume the sound was probably a bit better. I actually saw Pearl Jam at Fenway last September, um, and I was like deep under the grandstands. But also for that show, they had, it was a different type of kind of, you know, second bank of speakers, but they had, you know, kind of a similar, you know, second set of speakers towards the back. And, right. you know, it's not great sound, but it certainly helps when you have that second ray. Sorry. Um, dealing with children, of course. So, um, <laughs> anyway, let's um, let's let's get into the show. Well, I, did you spend a lot of time? I guess before we do that, you spend a lot of time, um, uh, you know, walking around the the Fenway and and kind of the out outside of the stadium scene. Uh, not yesterday because okay. it was pouring. Right. Um, I did some more of that uh, on Friday night, but yesterday you really just had to either inside a bar or a restaurant or inside a Fenway. Right. Otherwise, you're going to be Not soaked. much going on. Sure, sure. Cool. Um, <laughs> it kind of takes away from the experience generally, but um, at least at least they didn't cancel the whole, sh- whole, whole show, which was kind of uh, floating around as well as a, as a possibility, I guess. Yeah, it seemed, like, it seemed like that was a concern at some point in the evening. Nice, nice. All right, so instead, uh, we get a show that opens up with, with Carini, just a single-set show, which... 19 songs. I mean, it's a it's a hefty single set. It's like a set and a half, I guess. Um, or you know, if it were 2003, I guess it could be like six sets. But um, <laughs> um, about 19 19 songs uh, that uh, started with Carini. So how was it? Were were people anticipating it, or were people um, still pouring in when they uh, are coming in when they, when they opened, or what? No, I mean, you know, I think one of the advantages, if if any, of having a long rain delay is the the stadium was completely packed nice. for the first note. I mean, everybody was already in there. Everybody was ready. So 
Hey, good, good, good song right out of the gate to get to get the uh, crowd pumped up. Sure. After sure. a very long rain delay. Sure, seven and a half minute Carini, nice and solid and rocky, um, rockish. Yeah, in the, right? yeah, it was. It was yeah. yeah, it was smart, but it was a you know song or a, a show opener Carini, so not going to complain too much about the length. Uh, I got everybody dancing and you know ready yeah. for the rest of the show. And the the possum, I think they're trying to keep the energy up with the possum. Um, did it, did it work? How was it? Were people still dancing? Yeah, again, I, I thought actually, you know, Carini and the Possum for the first uh, first two songs was a, a great way to start the show. Mm-hmm. No complaints. Both pretty straightforward, straight ahead versions. But um, right, right. to that point, I I was enjoying it. What? Um, and then the three slot, we get a, a lengthy "Set Your Soul Free." Um, anything that s- sticks out uh, to you I- from that? No, I mean, I thought that was actually possibly the highlight of the show. Okay. Um, if not one of, you know, my, my top two or three moments, it was, you know, nice and long, and they explored a couple different spaces. You know, at that point in the show, with the rocking Karini possum opener, and then Set Your Soul Free, I had pretty, you know, I guess my expectations went up after that, that kind of trio of songs opened up. Particularly sure. with uh, you know some decent exploration in the three spot, seemed like we were in for what could have been a uh, above average show. <laughs> could have been, I like it. Um, so uh, set your soul free though is fun. It's it's um, the new one of the newer jam vehicles, um, and uh, you know thirteen minutes is is a, a pretty hefty one. So that's good. Um, and then next is thread which i think was only like the fourth time played if i'm correct about that um and yeah the fourth time first time since 2018 about a year ago uh kind of a bust out um surprising did you like it uh how was it how was it accepted i i i really i really enjoy that song i don't i don't think it was probably the 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 best reception from the crowd because it's a bit of a rarity um I, I'm really psyched that they played it. I, I think it's a great song. I think it could definitely go go places if they get more comfortable with it sure. and play it a bit more. And it's also nice to see a song like that when they, you know, now have all the new, you know, Catswalk Rock songs and uh, all of the new Coast of the Forest songs that they're mm-hmm. still, you know, digging back to some other relatively new uh, rare songs and and pulling them out. So I was I was psyched to hear Thread and I thought it sounded great and I enjoyed it. Yeah, part of the Steam trilogy too that um, that Tom told us about. I guess at Baker's Dozen. Um, that's right. That's that this, right. Yeah, part of that. So that's that's really cool. Um, I've never seen it. I don't think so. Um, but as you're you're mentioning the newer songs, the, the Catsfoot Rock and, and the um, or Voxton. Um, the ghost of the forest it's really really some other than set your soul free some older songs until about to run which we'll get to but um thread was followed by wolfman's which i thought got had some legs for a while it wasn't even 10 minutes but i thought it, it could have been um an amazing version that maybe they cut short i don't, I don't know how'd you feel about it yeah, I mean, I, I think once you get into wolfman's you start of get into maybe the theme of the show 
sure. which was songs that, particularly when they're playing one long set, to be a little nitpicky, you know, I felt like these are there. They played a number of different songs that really could have been allowed some more space to breathe and develop. And, you know, for the nine minutes of Wolfman's, it was great and enjoyable. And, you know, I just wish they had pushed it for another five minutes or so. Sure. sure. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was good, but it was pretty standard. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, they're getting really efficient, right? And, um, uh, at exploring quickly and getting to a cool place. Um, and I don't know if Trey just wants to move on or they don't really stick around. That kind of been the theme I think for the summer, but at the same time, nothing seems to be repetitive to me. Like it's, it's not rote. They get to different places a lot. Um, and, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, um, we can always complain about a wolf, nine minute Wolfman's, but, um, we got to appreciate it too. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and I, I, I agree with, with like your thoughts of like the theme of the summer. It does seem like the band is much better at very quickly getting to an interesting place in songs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I mean like the Fuego from Friday night, um, you know, right after the composed sections, they, you know, started exploring interesting and new places for that song, which were completely different than the Fuego that they had played in Bangor. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think, I think Wolfman got there. It was, you know, it was a little bit more what you would expect from a Wolfman's jam, but it was, right. it was good. No, you know, no real complaints. Nice. And then, uh, so next was the Reba, um, again, kind of a short 11 minute Reba, uh, no whistling, um, but you, you can't, I, I find it hard to, to complain about a Reba. I don't know how you felt about it. No, I, Reba has kind of become a, a relatively rare song. I don't know how many times I've seen it in 3.0, but I'm sure I could count them on one hand. Not so enough. Yeah. <laughs> a Reba is, is always, always welcome for me. Nice. Nice. Um, Back on the train, mound. Um, I thought they were both kind of standard. I don't want to just speed through them, but anything stick out to you? Yeah, no. I, I mean, I think I was kind of viewing. You know, you kind of start thinking, all right, they're playing one long set. What kind of feel yeah. does the set take? And and to me, there was very much kind of a, a first set slash second set break. Um, which we're kind of coming up to, you know, before, yeah, yeah, you know, the, yeah. the run of songs before Down With Disease, basically. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I kind of, these felt like late first set. End of the first set, standard right. versions right. of, yeah, exactly, of, of pretty standard songs. Yeah, I think that's, I think there's um, a natural break here. Like, yeah. Was it about to run the next Yeah, so about to run would, would have been probably the, you know, the set one closer. <laughs> naturally exactly. um, yeah and it's a it's a scorcher as always and we've talked about it but trey's um trey's tone on that song is incredible i think and um he yeah. seems to like it too yeah no that was that was great and um you know again you're kind of you're you're there during this you know one set uh show and you're kind of thinking all right like you know what what are the contours of the set and where are they going and it definitely felt like about to run was kind of the quote unquote first set closer. Right. Even before they started playing down with disease, it was just sort of like the high energy peak sure. of the you know the first half of the set. 
Yep. And and looking at it on paper, it, it's it would seem like that would have been the break anyway. So, and down with disease, yeah. they'd love to open the second set with it. So, um, uh, yeah, it's the dreaded, the dreaded, uh, <laughs> second set opening down with disease. Dreaded. Um, We're such assholes. Which, and, yeah. and literally, I mean, you know, the only reason I, I complain about it is just because it's, uh, it's predictable, but look, yeah. it always leads or often leads to a fantastic jam and a great exploration. And, so, I've had the conversation yeah, I, I with myself yeah. many times. Yeah, exactly. Don't. Why am I complaining about this? Because it's always going to be a good jam. Um, but yeah, and, and then they just they just hit you know the, those great kind of closing chords of, of the song heading into the jam, and it's mm-hmm. it's you know great uplifting you know power fish. It is. It is. Um, good. Fourteen minutes. I mean, it was uh, it was the long um, song of the of the show. So you know the jam. As far as length goes, you know, it starts the, the quote-unquote second set, like we mentioned, followed by a simple, um, which I always enjoy. Um, and in the second slot, what would be the second slot of, a, of the second set, it could really uh, be taken places. But the second it set has, has, yeah, the second set, for whatever reason, it's they've, they've really packed some songs into a second set instead of kind of just exploring um, and not complaining. It just seems to be the case. I, you know, I was thinking about this, and I don't know if it's because, you know, Fish was up and down in the bullpen during the rain delay and all of the up and down warming up and sitting back down and warming up. They uh, just kind of ran out of some energy. Maybe, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's just, you know, they're, they're, they're not heading into, like, the show when they wake up in the morning thinking about playing a one-long set and then they kind of find themselves playing one long set and, you know, kind of lost a little creativity and a little bit of uh, steam after the simple. And, you know, the simple was not to call a song too short, but, you know, they they seem to have found a nice place in it Mm -hmm. during, like, that last minute. Um, You know, that kind of really beautiful, delicate... uh, you know, simple jam, and then it just sort of, you know, fizzled away. <laughs> and then you got number lined, which uh, people like to complain about. I, 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 I fucking love the song, but um, it uh, yeah. finds its way into these kind I, of like uh, popping up when people want things to extend. It finds its way into to starting up. Yeah, and you know, personally for me, it was my second number line in three summer shows. So yeah. And both coming late in the second set, so not ideal, but it's okay. It's yeah. uh, hey, Trey likes it, and that's all that matters. Um, yeah. So, uh, but followed by you know standard number lines, almost seven minutes, followed by "Death Don't Hurt Very Long," which was the fourth of the summer, and short, uh, three just over three minutes, um, but fun and and kind of uh, starts the energy back up, hopefully. Although yeah, number line always ends on such a high note. Anyway, so what, what, what were you thinking? Yeah, I thought those that that kind of run of songs was. Now it kind of felt like we were firmly in like the fourth quarter of what would be the second set, mm-hmm. but kind of early, early to be in the fourth quarter of a second set. Yeah, only about four after, songs in, right? You know, a thirteen a thirteen minute down with disease 
in an eight minute simple. Right. Um, and we're kind of off to the races in a, you know, jukebox fourth quarter. Yeah. And, and that's, I, mean, um, I think that's accurate. It's a short 46 days that's, that follows death. Don't hurt very long. Um, just not even six minutes. And we've seen that obviously longer. So, um, uh, but, but you can never complain about what's the use, which, which followed. So, um, how were things going at that point? Was it, did it rain again at all after, after the initial storms? No, it actually, no, like when we, when we were led onto the field, it was raining, but not really heavy. And I would probably say by about halfway through the set, it stopped raining. Uh, so it actually, other than the rain delay, uh, not a whole lot to complain about the weather. Um, it ended up pretty dry. We were able to take off, you know, raincoats and ponchos and just enjoy the show. And, and, uh, was, what's the use of a standout to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've only heard that live a handful of times. Um, what I found interesting about that is, you know, I always think back to, um, the Magnaval version where yeah, like you could hear a pin drop, you right. could hear a pin drop during the quiet part. And to me last night, I mean, the crowd was incredibly loud during the first half of the song, like the opposite of the Magnaval crowd, yeah. which isn't surprising. You're in the middle of, you know, Boston in the middle of Fenway park. Right. Um, but then after, like, the roar of the crowd during the first half of the song, it people did get pretty quiet for, you know, a few of the, the more delicate, you know, parts of the, the last half. So it was kind of up, up and down. Right. Um, not, not the best version of what's the use, but it's, I'm always happy to hear it. Yeah, it's... it's um For that, I guess, like you were mentioned, just for that kind of crowd, it's a, it's a tough song for them to to get through. Um, but again, you can't complain about them playing it. Um, no. followed by Mexican cousin, which is kind of a, a weird spot for the song, but okay. You know, not even two and a half minutes. Yeah, according I, to can, Live Fish. I can, I, I can check that off my song scene. So <laughs> that's all that matters, right? Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> and then, you know, they start to end the, the show with the, with the 2001, um, into the melt and then close with Susie, uh, strong trio of songs to close. Um, that was yeah, almost 20 minutes or no over 20 minutes long. Um, were, uh, were they highlights to you? Um, you, you, I know you mentioned that set your soul free was one of the highlights. Um, anything at the end of the show here that, that stuck out? Yeah, I would, I would say that 2001 into melt was probably my other big highlight other than, uh, the set your soul free. And I guess, you know, down with disease, I actually hadn't seen melt live since 1998. Oh, awesome. So I, I've not, I, I hadn't seen it in 2.0 or 3.0. Uh, I guess just a, a, a quirk of, of my shows that I've been to. Yeah. So, uh, my first melt in 21 years, I was very, very psyched to hear it. And it was a short version, but I thought it, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought they kind of got to a great dark, uh, melt place pretty quickly. Nice. Yeah. And, um, and then also I felt like they stuck the landing at the end, you know, bringing it back to, 
you know, the closing chords of Melt. So I, I thought, I thought 2001 into Melt was, you know, to me, it, it, it saved, uh, the show a bit for me. I remember, and I don't know if you do, last time you and I spoke on the podcast, you talked about, I think you were chasing Melt or, or we were mentioning that, um, some people chase it, you know, yeah. I, um, but it's funny that now it's all come full circle. You got to hear it last night. Um, and that first time for in 21 years, which is really cool. Wait, and if I recall <laughs> during that podcast, did you mention Melt as a song that nobody's ever chasing? Yeah, I was like, I don't think I don't remember people, you know, chasing that. Yeah, and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, yes. I remember that. Um, and it, maybe it's because well, I, I, I've seen it enough. It. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really cool. Um, uh, that's, that's awesome. I love it. And then you got to close with a strong Susie eight minutes. I mean, that's, that's as long as a Susie gets, I think. Um, was it, uh, yeah, a lot it was, of energy? It was, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if I'm writing the set list, you know, instead of, uh, melt and then, a eight minute Susie, I just have an 18 minute melt, but <laughs> right, right. I don't like the set list. So, <laughs> right. uh, turns out, you know, yeah. high energy, you know, I was standing in the middle of my favorite ballpark in the world, you know, right near where Rafael Devers field ground balls at third base, listening to my favorite band play Susie. I, how could I possibly complain about that? That's great. That's great. It was great. Um, any uh so the encores rise come together and wilson i was surprised rise come together could also uh, one of the newer jam vehicles it could be um but they also can cut it off you know before the five minute mark and, and that's yeah, what they did, yeah. um i think i think i tweeted during the show i think you responded to it I'm like i i really don't like this song <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, i don't i don't know if, <laughs> i don't know if i had seen it live before but um, it just started up, and you know, I, I honestly, I'd probably only listened to the song all the way through once or twice because if I ever listened to it on a download, I probably hit fast forward. You just yeah. So yeah. being at a show right. with no with no choice but to listen to the entire thing, it really hit me that I hate it. It's <laughs> not a good fish song in my right. opinion. <laughs> You're allowed. You're allowed. Everybody's allowed to have their own opinion, even <laughs> even if it's bad. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then Wilson. But, but I mean, Wilson, you could switch yeah, Susie and Wilson, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought I. You know, again, great, great song to play before thirty-seven thousand people in the middle of Fenway Park. Right. Um, you know, I think only the the most jaded of uh, fish fans would. Uh, not be psyched to hear that at Fenway. Nice. Well, I'm I'm glad it worked out for you yesterday. Um, weather uh, be damned, but um, it was a, a good two night run. I mean, you glad you you made it. I had a blast. Uh, you know, I I I'm, I I kind of feel like I'm at this point, you know, in in my fish fandom where. You know, it's a show that I will probably never, ever listen to again, maybe with the exception of the melt and the set your soul free and the down with disease. Okay. But um, while I was there, I had a fantastic time. I, you know, I, I can I can go to average or below average fish shows these days and just have fun. And uh, nothing wrong with that. 
No, and that's that's the point. You're not going to get uh, you know the historic show every time you're out. So, um, and they did what they could. I was I was thinking, and and this is kind of I, I um, texted RJ that. I find the band when they're focused or when they have a set time limit or they're, or they're focused on something that they have to do that they really do it well. And I was hoping that this limited time frame was going to really make them push um, and do something. Um, but yeah, it was, it, I think you're right. It was an average show. Yeah. Yeah. I would so. say so. And I mean, basically through half the show, I was just hoping that they, would play less than 16 songs nope. during the set because I had bet um, Greg that they'd play <laughs> under 16. But they played Julie 19. Would, you were no. even close. <laughs> I I owe I owe some beer. <laughs> that's good. That's it's good to owe somebody a beer. It's fun. Um, <laughs> all right, Josh, man. I, I didn't mention your Twitter Twitter handle at the beginning, but you're at Nola Socks um, on the Twitter, and um, that's me. And I appreciate you taking the time. Have a safe drive home, um, and uh, hopefully talk to you soon, um, uh, either on Twitter or, or in real life. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brad. So we forgot though. We have to, one one final thing. You got to tell us. I think you've mentioned about three highlights, but which one of them do you want to hear at the end of the quick hit here? Um, I would go with the melt. Let's do it. I think that's a great choice. All right, thanks everybody, and, and thanks Josh, um, and I'll talk to you soon.
a city without its music. The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Now here's a brief moment on another great podcast from the Osiris Network. All of our podcasts can be found at OsirisPod.com. Hey now, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. No Simple Road is part of the Osiris podcast family. We're a weekly podcast that brings you in-depth and open, honest conversations with the musicians, artists, authors, and luminaries of the psychedelic jam band, improvisational music, and festival communities. We bring you inside the lives of the four of us that do this show, myself, Melanie, Apple, and Ryder. We bring you onto the porch and what it's like to live inside the long, strange trip. So if you like to laugh, if you like to have fun, if you like to learn stuff, come hang out with the No Simple Road crew on the porch and listen to No Simple Road on the Osiris Podcast Network. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of that one time on tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is a rock and roll city for sure. I do like this place. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. 
Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, PROH Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.